We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perich joined as always by dusty evely and sarah kelleher we have the whole crew together to talk about um guys i got nothing I Woo! got nothing. What the? It off is season. We've Woo! already reached peak off season. There's literally nothing to talk about. There's no draft stuff yet. There's no yeah. But uh, it's been a, a minute since we've all been together. Dusty, how you doing, man? How you feeling? Doing good, man. Yeah, we got we got hit with uh, hit with some RSV stuff at my house. We've all been leapfrogging each other, and last week was my turn to uh, to just be completely under the weather. But I think we're out of the woods now. Um, I, <laughs> I messaged you guys last Monday when I could barely talk and I was like, this isn't getting better by tomorrow. So we're done here, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back to normal. I'm good. Household's doing good. I'm ready to just embrace the absolute insanity that the off season is turning into. I had hoped with like the XFL, you know, XFL is back as of last weekend, had some fun stuff and a USFL is on the horizon. I'd hope with some of that stuff and with Rogers, not really saying anything, we'd be in like a relative kind of calm place but there's still just weird takes being thrown out like the off season is gonna off season and i feel like it started earlier than normal i'm doing good and just enjoying the insanity right now 
Sarah, how's Florida? Good. It's fine. So I'm excited. I'm going on vacation this weekend, going to Georgia to visit a friend. Um, And, you know, I'll get a nice little change of scenery. So, you know, short work week, which is always good. Um, You know, as I shared last week, work has been very busy, but um, looking forward to taking some time off, especially in the peak off season when there's not a lot going on. I feel like I, I don't have any FOMO then. Yeah, we don't really have a lot to talk about. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has not emerged from his dark room, uh, at least that we know. He hasn't, uh, wasn't on a Pat McAfee show. You know, there haven't been any cryptic tweets. There hasn't been, I mean, maybe that's what we should talk about right now is like predict what Aaron Rodgers' first move publicly will be coming post coming out of the dark room. Like, is it going to be a cryptic tweet? Is it going to be him jumping on McAfee on some other random day? Like, what's going to happen? Does anybody have any, like, off-the-wall ideas? I know I'm throwing this at you with no preparation whatsoever, which is what everybody loves in a podcast, but uh, does anybody have any fun ideas? I, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, he announces kind of what he wants to do on McAfee. Like, kind of, but I think his first, his first movie, I don't know about the first move. Uh, probably the first move is just to sit in the daylight for a little bit. But, like, I think, I do think he's going to, he will talk to the front office before he does anything. I mean, for all of his kind of, uh, kind of off the cuff remarks on McAfee. I mean, a lot of the, we've talked about this this before. Like he's very measured. He's calculated in kind of what he does. I don't think he's going to go on McAfee right out of the right out of his hideout and say like, I don't want to play for the Packers anymore. I think whatever happens, I think he's going to. I think they're going to have, you know, a d- days potentially of meetings in Green Bay with the brain trust up there to kind of go through next moves and figure everything out. So I wouldn't be shocked again if he announces that stuff on McAfee. But I think like when he comes out with clarity. He's going to he's going to come out, make sure, you know, he's thinking what he thinks he's thinking, spend a couple days maybe in his house and then probably get in touch with Green Bay Brass for for a couple days and kind of go next steps from that. that, So it'd be it's going to be a while, I think, before we hear anything. But that would be my that'd be my guess. My guess is that um, either Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter will break some news that says that (laughs) he's going, you know, this Aaron Rodgers has decided blank and then. You know, later that day or the day after, he'll jump on McAfee and be like, well, I am doing that, but they didn't have the full story. This is what's actually happening. And then he'll give the complete background because as we saw last week, he said that they don't know the truth. They aren't in his inner, that his source, their sources aren't in his inner circle. So that's what realistically I see going down. That was my favorite. It's still like he talks about like, well, they don't they don't know what's going on. They're not in my inner circle. And there's the whole thing last year where Aaron Airport's like, he wants to be the highest paid. And he's like, no, I don't. That's ridiculous. And it's like, Aaron Rodgers, highest paid. Like, what are we doing here? That was yeah, this is exactly the same thing that popped in my mind when he was talking about his like he came on and was like, I don't know where they're getting these figures from. It's not $151 million. That's not no, that's not what it is at all. It was 153. It was so, it was so close. It was so but they don't know what they're talking about. They Come have on, no clue. Steve, you dummy. <laughs> Those aren't the same figures at all. They're not even remotely close. How dare they report that? How dare they? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'll. I think there's going to be something weird, something a little bit loopy that'll come out either a tweet or something along those lines, and it will be cryptic. It will be non-football related. And then the internet's going to freak out again. Cause I think he knows that he can do that type of stuff. And I think he enjoys it. I think he gets a good laugh out of it because everybody freaks out 
and the world turns around Aaron Rodgers again. So he's going to do something like that before all the news breaks and, and everything. So that's kind of my guess as to what might happen post uh, uh, exiting the dark room. So guys, we we when we were joking around, we really have nothing. There's no transactions. There's no anything going on. So we reached out to Twitter, and you guys sent us some good questions. So we're gonna answer those and just kind of run through some of that today and uh, keep it. We always say a little bit shorter, but it always ends up going like 45 minutes to an hour anyway. So <laughs> we'll try. I doubt it happens, but who knows? First question is from Jacob Lewick. Thoughts about trading Rodgers and Bakhtiari as a package deal to maximize their return value in a trade. Uh, he's thinking first and second this year, plus picks next year. The Packers can reset their offensive line for the future with a top-end tackle and get an additional premium player. So, uh, Sarah, let's start with you. What do you think about getting rid of the quarterback and the left tackle? The yeah, we, fell talk- swoop. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and, you know, it on paper, it seems like an okay idea, but those plus picks next year better also be first and second rounders too, is pretty much, you know, what we all said. We're talking about two of the best players in the league at their position. And yes, they're older and, um, you know, people will say on the wrong side of, you know, their age, but they're also really good at what they do. And together that tandem is going to be extremely hard to replace. So it's just, you know, it's a high risk and high reward situation and you better just hope and pray that the Packers are just getting high picks this year, next year, maybe even the year after that. I mean, we're talking about players that are so valuable at their position that teams like, as we've seen, the Jets that are desperate for players to help them turn around or a team that's maybe, you know, struggling on their offensive line. And they're like, hey, if we had one veteran guy, we could be one piece away from from, look, from looking good here and having a shot, they're going to give up a lot to be able to get that. I mean, my thought on on this stuff is always like, it's one thing, like it's that seems like a good idea on paper. Like get, get the picks, reload. We're, we're in the middle of a reload, potentially, you know, maybe Jordan Love, we'll see what hits on there. And you reload the offensive line. You've already got some pieces there that you can be fine. Like maybe you got some good up and coming wide receivers you're trying to do. Like I, on, on paper, like I understand the move. It, first of all, it's, it's tough to do like a package deal like that. So I don't really know like, Hey, we need you, this team that needs to give up enough capital, to get both of these guys. I don't think that's happening, but for the sake of argument and say it is, I always get stuck in like this, this issue of on paper, that seems like a good deal. And as far as like team building on its face, again, you always say like Madden or whatever you want to say, uh, this seems like it would make sense. You trade these guys away, you plug in other guys, blah, 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 blah. But then there's always like, there's the interpersonal stuff. What is this? What's the locker room aspect to it? What does this say to the guys in your locker room that, that maybe think, you know, you're ready to compete, maybe not, you know, in the next couple of years, potentially with, with who we have, even if we lose one of those guys, you know, we, we feel like we're ready what does that say? You've got these two cornerstones. I mean, Rogers, you know, regardless of what Bob McGinn says, first ballot hall of famer, <laughs> uh, Bakhtiari, you know, one of the best left tackles still in the league when he plays, that's been a cornerstone of this team for a very, very long time. And you're like, well, we'll get rid of both these guys. When it comes time for, for the young guys then to resign, to decide to come back to green Bay, when you have like this, you know, this culture you're building there and all, what does that, what does that say to them? Did, is this a place that they want to stay at or in the back of their mind? they thinking, well, they got rid of Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtiari just because they get some picks for him. Like, and it was rather an unceremonious. So to me, that's always the question. It's on paper. I think it makes sense to say, listen, Bakhtiari 
is early 30s, which for a tackle isn't that old. We've seen guys age gracefully there, and we don't know how, you know, he's got the injury, so maybe he does not do quite as well. He's in and out a little bit more, and Rodgers has a couple years left. So on paper, it seems like, but yeah, those guys are probably not going to be the part of the next championship team, you'd say, but I don't think the Packers are contenders in the next couple years, regardless of what happens. Uh, so they're not going to be part of the next championship team. So on, on its face, it makes sense to do that. But what message is that in the locker room? What does it say to the guys who are there? And when it comes time for them to re-up and you're negotiating with them or you're trying to bring in free agents, how does that affect that when you're like, well, you guys just shuttled two cornerstones of your offense, two like all-time great players what does that say to them? So that's, that's always a thing to me. And then we, without being in the locker room, without being in those meetings, I, I have no idea kind of what the impact on that is, but it's always something I like to keep in the back of my mind when this stuff comes up. The thing I was thinking about was the cap ramifications, kind of like you said, who does he like, who has the ability to fit that in? And like off the top of my head, if you're throwing both of those guys together, I mean, the bears maybe. And <laughs> do we many. really want There's do we many. really want to send Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtiari down to the Bears so they can come back up and kick the, the Packers' ass after that? Like, I don't know if that's that's something I'm guessing they probably don't want to give up the number one pick overall uh for a rental of Rodgers and Bakhtiari. So I mean, uh it's a it's a fascinating concept to think about. Like, could it potentially work? Like if somebody was packaging both of them and taking both of them on, yeah, you want a crap ton of picks for those two people. Um so it'll be interesting to see if somebody would potentially give those up. But again, then you run into the other option of the fact that the that the draft is a crapshoot. And while you're getting top tier picks, premium picks, there's plenty of top 10 busts. There's plenty of top 20 busts in the NFL of people who just never made it and just it didn't click and they're, and they're out of the league in three to four years. So as much as you want to rebuild on the fly like that, it can be a little dangerous. And I did kind of like what you said, Dusty. Like it, it sounds a little bit kind of like a Madden thing, like where – I get it's it's super easy to get rid of Rodgers. It's super easy to get rid of Bakhtiari, and then all of a sudden I got all this money to pay all these other free agents that pop right in, plug them in, and all of a sudden it's just amazing play. Um, so it would be interesting to see if they do that. But my best guess is they're going to hang on to Bakhtiari and trade Rodgers. So that'd be my thought. But next question we've got Robbie. You're the Packers GM for one day. You pick the day. What do you do? So we talked about this a little bit beforehand, and we all actually have the same day that we picked. So we're just going to go with the first day of the NFL draft, day one. And um, Dusty, let's start with you. We all kind of have different ideas of what we might do, but what would you do on day one of the draft? I'm keeping it simple, man. Listen, there's a bunch of scenarios you could run through. Um, and I did not feel like doing that because I'm tired, man. Uh, so I'm just I'm, – I'm keeping it easy at 15. I'm, I'm, or maybe even moving up if I have to, I'm grabbing Jordan Addison. I've, I've fallen deeply in love. I never do draft stuff. I started looking at draft guys this year, but only wide receivers. And I've fallen in love with Jordan Addison and what he could be in this offense. So I'm just saying, I'm turning to my card. I'm saying, I'd like Jordan Addison. And then because I'm GM, I'm just leaving. I'm letting the rest of the people <laughs> handle the rest of the round because nothing else is going to go on. Cause I've just taken my guy. I'm going to treat myself to a nice dinner. Just, just somewhere, somewhere in that area. And then I'm, I'm, I'm calling it a day. Maybe stealing some team merch, you know, on the way out, something like that. Yeah, and as we were recording, I actually had a different answer come to mind that I that I would choose. So I'll share this to spice it up. Um, and I think I would choose um, to be a GM on the day of the trade deadline because I'd, you know, Ooh. I'm for the people, and I'd finally give <laughs> Packers fans what they want, and I'd make a big move right before the trade deadline it wouldn't be silent if sarah kelleher is the gm that day the packers <laughs> would be making headlines 
Sarah, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that because when I am GM on draft day, I'm hemorrhaging the future <laughs> and trading all these draft as many draft picks as I can. I'm going to get DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to get a defensive edge. I'm going to be going out. I'm going to try to, you know, I'll trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets for multiple first round picks for the next couple of years. So you might have a little bit in the, the cupboard, but I'm taking, I'm taking stuff out and I'm chucking it to see what can happen like all the third round picks that i'm allowed to trade i'm just trading them because they're never going to be a good player drafted in the third round so you know uh talk to the jets about that wide receiver elijah moore see if we can get him for a third you know turn that into some good stuff but i'm i'm chucking all the draft picks away that i can um and then i'm gonna also steal dusty's idea get a really good dinner but i'm gonna have that dinner and uh on the 50 yard line in lambeau so I'm going to go right onto the field Ooh. and I'm going to have like a table and just, you know, have myself a nice candlelit dinner and get a good steak and all that stuff. Yeah. That's what I would be doing as the GM. Like we're going to have no third round picks until like 2070. <laughs> Steve's like, just oh, as long, as big as whatever <laughs> ones I can trade and give away. I will. I like it. Uh-huh. All right. Next question. Parker Eves. What is Zach Tom's best position on the old line? Assume it's love at quarterback. What is the position you want the Packers to target at pick 15th? Um, Dusty, we'll, we'll start with you on Zach Tom's best position on the O-line. We saw most of it at left tackle last year, and, that, and that's where he performed best. I mean, I, I think when he was drafted, I think guard kind of made some sense. We still a little light there, and I think his skill set as it currently stands, I think he could still gain some weight either way, but his feet are good. So I think a tackle position, and we saw more of him at left tackle. Right tackle was fine little shakier than left, and I don't know why that was. I don't know, just fewer reps there. But I'll say left tackle from what we saw this past year, and I don't know if that carries forward for the rest of his career, but from what we've seen from him so far, he looked best. He looked most comfortably formed, performed the best over on left tackle. So I, I, I'll say just that. And assume it's love at QB. Listen, man, I'm doing the same thing if I was if I was a GM. I'm taking, I'm taking Ad, Addison. And if Addison isn't there, I'm grabbing some other wide receiver. It's not, again, not the best wide receiver class, but there are guys that can help you there. And again, I really like Addison's skill set. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm taking wide receiver. I'm targeting Addison. And if Addison isn't there, I'm, I, I'm not going to be particularly picky. There's a handful of guys you could take there. But I'm taking a wide receiver. If that shocks anybody, <laughs> if that shocks anybody, I will be surprised. No, no one is shocked, Dusty. (laughs) And my answer is actually really similar. I agree that it's definitely left tackle. Um, You know, there were brief stints at guard, but that was really where we saw him the most and, you know, thought he did all right. Um, And, you know, looking at some some of his stats, you know, he's rookie, new, learning the offense, and it, it's pretty impressive to provide that sort of stability, especially when you're getting moved around that much. So that was exciting to see. I think it's promising for the future of the Packers. Um, and then position group that I want the Packers to target at 15. Yeah, probably wide receiver. I haven't really looked at, um, as many of you know that listen to this, I'm not super huge into the draft, so I haven't looked at you know any specific draft crushes at the position. But, you know, if it is Jordan Love, then yeah, let's get, let's get him a weapon right away. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit torn as to where I would want the Packers to go at 15. It's I mean, wide receiver is a good one. Um, that's always, you know, they, they need more weapons and throwing a first round draft pick at uh, a wide receiver, I think would be a really good thing for the Packers, especially if they have Jordan Love, like give him as many weapons as they can. Uh, the tight end room is most likely going to be lacking, but 15 feels super rich for a tight end. I mean, you, you like the kid from, from Notre Dame, but again, like at 15, 
it's not super often that those tight ends that are drafted really high end up producing really well and quickly. So you, you, you really want a developmental project, I think. And so, you know, second round, third round pick, <laughs> sorry, I just said third round pick would be a good idea for uh We don't tight end have for the those anymore, Steve. You gave all of those away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Second round pick for a tight end would be uh, potentially a little bit better. Um, but I think another thing they got to look at is safety. I think that's a, a position that's really going to need to be addressed. We don't really know what the safety room is going to look like. Uh, with, if Amos is going to be back, what they're going to do with Savage. I mean, he's coming back, but are they going to keep him around? Or I saw things about trying to package him with Aaron Rodgers to see if they could get him out of town. So, you know, it'll be interesting. We don't know what the what the Packers safety room is going to look like. So I think that's another one. And obviously they need another inside linebacker. So, you know, uh, first round, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Load up. Load up. Come on. Come on. I that swear to God, if they take an inside linebacker at 15, Steve, I'm blaming you. Like, I'm blaming you and you alone. Yes, because they got have that, so much influence. Steve got that GM job for day one of the draft after all. How do you do it? How do you do it? Uh, I've got Goody. I've got some blackmail stuff on Goody. So I, I, that's how we got uh, That's how we got Quay. Is I was like, dude, come on, first round, inside linebacker. Otherwise, the pictures get released. <laughs> All right, next question, Matt Pickett. If Rodgers is traded, what team would you most want to see him end up with? Bonus question, chickpeas, yes or no? If yes, uh, in what sort of dish? If no, why? So, uh, Sarah, where should Aaron Rodgers be traded to? Yeah, I mean, I do think it would be very ironic if he went to the Jets. Also, they never really play the Packers, so don't really have to worry about that or hear about it all the time. Um and, you know, Favre went to the Jets if Rodgers followed in his footsteps in that way. I just think the irony there would be uh, too hard to ignore. Like, I that would just crack me up. Um, so kind of for the drama, also, there's a lot of talk that Rodgers is too sensitive for the New York media. And I feel like if he does go to the Jets, that people are going to continue to play that storyline and that the media is going to be really um, – really into just questioning him and asking good questions, which I actually would be very, you know, as a fan of the NFL and just a fan of the game in general, would be curious to see how that goes. I I think, you know, for the most part, at least Aaron Rodgers has always been receptive during the Packers media availability. But I know that when he goes on back fee, sometimes there's a change of tune. So kind of curious to just see how that would all play out. So I think from entertainment drama standpoint, that that could be interesting. Um, and then chickpeas, yes or no? Um, yes, I love chickpeas. Um, usually if I go to a Greek place or a Mediterranean place that has bowls, like Greek bowls, I'll get them in there. You know, obviously hummus is incredible, but the chickpeas themselves are good. And also in just like a traditional pasta salad, if you're looking for one final thing to throw in there, chickpeas are always a good choice as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. And for me, I, I'm, I, I want to see him on the Raiders. Um, I'd like to, I mean, I'd like to see him go somewhere where, where he can win, and I don't know if the Raiders are that place. But, I mean, Devontae left for, I think, the right reasons. He let, you know, Green Bay offered him more money, and he wanted out because he wanted to be closer to his family. He wanted his, his grandmother to be able to finally see him play, who was closer there. Like, it's all of this seemed very family-oriented, and the reasons he left seemed to be kind of tie into that. So I hold no ill will against Devontae, and I would like to see, you know, another year or two of Rodgers to Devontae I think would be a lot of fun, regardless of, of kind of how they do and how that team performs overall and kind of how they're going to do it. Also, I'd like <laughs> – I'd very much like to see whatever comes out of, like – a. a the Rogers McDaniels just headbutting. I want to hear the stories out of that, whether that's on McAfee or whether that's some tell all book years later, if Rogers spent two years with McDaniels for everything we know about McDaniels and apparently holding true again, based on kind of some of the stories coming out after car left, I want to see how that works. Uh, but I think, I think just another year or two of Rogers and Adams, which is a very, very special pairing. I think would be a lot of fun. And yeah, for chickpeas, yeah, absolutely. And I'll just just give me some hummus, man. Just give me some garlic hummus, and I'm a, I'm a very happy man. It's kind of funny, you guys. Literally, like I was I was thinking Jets at first, and then Sarah gave like the exact explanation I was thinking of of the irony where he's like, "I'm not going to be like Brett Favre," and then you end up being traded the exact same place as Brett Favre was traded to, which would make me laugh. And then the second half of me was like, "All right, well then I'll I'll say Las Vegas," and then Dusty says Las Vegas, and I was like, you know, because as much as you know, you know, you trade Aaron Rodgers away, like you, there's not I don't have that hatred for him and like. I still, like you said, I would want to see him win. If, if as long as they're not playing the Packers, I'd want to see him be successful. So him and Devonte, like that was such a fun thing to always see in in green and gold. But to see that in silver, black, silver and black, kind of would look badass. I think so. Um, especially put him in the AFC. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And then give, Ro- give she- Rogers the shaded uh, uh, visor as well, just oh. like Devonte, like the QB with like the with the sunglass visor over throwing Devonte. That would never happen, but man, that'd be cool. That would be cool. That would be really cool. 
Uh, and then as far as chickpeas go, yeah, I can do hummus a little bit. Uh, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but definitely can eat it. And uh, so, yeah, outside what? of that, not, what? Hummus is amazing. I, I'm glad you enjoy it, Sarah. <sighs> Bad taste, Steve. It's just, Bad it's taste. more, it's more hummus I for said us, I said I kind more of hummus like, like I eat it. It's not my favorite thing in the world. But yeah, I'll well, remember it. last week it's when we were, we were talking about how you want Dusty to be more enthusiastic about stuffing. I want you to be more enthusiastic well, about hummus. This I, like, is also, I like the scenario of like someone is for Steve's like, I could eat it. Who's forcing you to eat hummus? Yeah. No, one's, <laughs> no one's forcing you to eat hummus, Steve. You're your own man. Who's doing this to you? <laughs> I'm just explaining that I'm okay with hummus. What the hell? <laughs> And here's the dynamic of you guys teaming up on me. Not missed a talk. week. Yeah, I wanted to fight. Yes. I wanted mm-hmm. to see up with Sarah mm-hmm. about hummus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see it. Whatever. Sarah's a cannibal. No. <laughs> that was such a reach like, last week. You were just grasping at anything. You're like, Dusty's not here, so I don't have numbers on my side, so I'm just going to make this up. <laughs> it, did, it did feel like a reach, but I'd eat myself if I was a hot dog, so I don't know. That's pretty funny. I thought it was yeah. funny. Whatever. <laughs> It's the way that the way that I operate, like half of my jokes completely miss. But you know, you just got to keep swinging, man. You got to keep swinging. <laughs> uh, we did get a last second entry from uh, Brian Hartstead. If I was a new football fan, tell me why I should become a Packers fan. And your food question: Your favorite holiday food you wish you could eat year round. So, uh, Desi, I don't know. We we didn't talk about this one ahead of time, but you got anything for us? Yeah, I feel like I feel like we may have talked about this this before. I mean, I, I think the the Packers, as far as like just the history of it, you're you're joining a team that yeah maybe is not going to be competitive for the next couple of years. But for the most part, it's a team that does things currently. I think it, uh, kind of along whatever the quote unquote right way you would deem to be. I think they typically bring on kind of good people, people you like to cheer for. And then beyond that, you've got an entire history. I mean, going back to I mean before the NFL was formed. The Packers are there and all of those old, you know, Packers bears matchups and kind of the history between Lombardi and Hallis. And you've got some of the lean years, but you, you can trace, I mean, a lot of you can trace the history of the league um, schematically and historically through a lot of the stuff the Packers have done. I think that's, that's very, that's a cool, that's a unique thing uh, that, you know, not a, not really any scandals throughout the, throughout the life of them. Uh, so you've got that going for, you You know, in case you want to, you know, well, maybe I'll cheer for Washington. No, you don't buddy. Uh, because the Packers have, have the no scandal stuff that Washington doesn't. And then beyond that, it's still, it's, it's a cool, it's an oddity that, I mean, cannot happen again just because of the rules, but it's a team owned by the fans and, and people will poke fun of that as far as like, it's a useless piece of paper, but listen, dude, if you see what Ursay is doing to the Colts and kind of some of the moves they've made, because Ursay is like, I want this, I want that. You're not beholden to that. You've got this, you've got this team that is not only owned by the fans, but sits in the middle of, of a fairly, I mean, not a small, not a small town, but a small city. And it's the centerpiece of that. It's, it's a very cool. The fact that it's kind of owned by the community and is very much part of the community. If you go to that stadium, like you are, you are in green Bay, you are in the middle of a neighborhood and there's your stadium and there's not, no one else can really boast kind of the, the mix of that history and that ownership style. Uh, and it's never going to happen again. So I think that'd be, that's my main selling points is just, just the, just the history and kind of the, the unique ownership style um, that, that, that you kind of get to get to grab onto if you, if you join them. So it's, and then as far as what was the other one um, holiday Your favorite foods? holiday food that you could eat year round. Oh man. I don't know. I, I mean, I'll go listen. I'm not the biggest fan of Turkey, but fried Turkey, delicious. And I never eat outside of Thanksgiving because I don't know, I'm not buying a, a turkey outside of Thanksgiving, but I think, you know, a fried turkey 
in the middle of summer would also be delicious. So I'll go, I'll go <laughs> fried turkey because I, I, I'm not thinking of anything else at the moment. I can't think of a recipe that I just wouldn't eat year round. I'm trying to think. I mean, because like you said, Dusty, I could eat turkey if I really wanted to. Um, and same with like Christmas Stuffing. cookies. Get out of here. Who, go who away. Go away. <laughs> Fine. Somebody else holds a, host a podcast. Whatever. I guess maybe it would be like apple pie. I know I could eat that year round, but I feel like you bring it out more during the holidays. What? I don't really I don't really eat pie. Apple pie is it, not a holiday food. But I don't really eat pie, period, unless it's around a holiday. So I'll just be generic and say pie in general. Like I mean, if pie you said all year. Pumpkin pie, sure, but Okay, pumpkin pie. There. <laughs> like I'm now not that got him. Take that, Steve. Yeah. Ouch. I'm just saying, I don't really eat pie except for in November and December. Like I don't think I ever really eat pie. Um and if I was a new football fan, why should I, I why should, you know, I convince somebody to become a Packers fan? You know, I agree with literally everything that Dusty said. Um, but also just being a Packers fan is a lot of fun. There are some fun rivalries with other fan bases too that, yes, can be toxic at times, but I feel like, especially if you're on social media or, you know, you follow along at least like on SportsCenter and on ESPN and things like that and the television personalities, you know, there are some good, like, good times, good memories that, and jokes that have now just gone on for years. I mean, it, was what four or five years ago when that kid it's Randall Cobb again and every <laughs> single time Cobb does something on Twitter somebody is tweeting that out and um you know Aaron Rodgers I own you I still own you that there are just a lot of funny things like that that over the years have happened and that what I really enjoy about being a Packers fan um and you know I think if you want to be a part of that this would be the team for you yeah, I agree. And I would just add, like, it's the community, man. Like, I think we've all come to realize, like, how huge and how expansive it is. Like, it's it's all around the world. And we've made friends. We've met people. We've, I mean, the reason I talk to these two jabronis every day, every week is because we're both, we're all Packers fans. So, I mean, I met, I'm, we've met people from other countries in person to talk about Packers. Like, it's, it's insane. So, uh, it's just uh, in the community is so huge and so welcoming for the most part. I mean, you're going to find your weirdos for every uh, football community, but man, like these people are so welcoming and so willing to help whenever need be. So uh, it's a really good group of people and you can always have them to cheer with. So I think that'd be a great reason to become a Packer fan uh, and holiday food. I wish I could eat year round uh, just kind of popped in my head a couple minutes ago, but Shamrock shakes, man. I love those. And those would be an, a delight to have year round. I mean, I don't think my, my diet would appreciate that, but uh, I would absolutely crush a shamrock shake once a month for sure. That'd be, that'd be a true delight. So next up, uh, we've got a question from Noah Seligman. He wants to know, he says, I like Bakhtiari and want him in Green Bay. You don't give away a franchise left tackle, but do you see a scenario where 12 insists 69 get dealt with him and G and Green Bay acquiesces? Uh, the Jets and the Raiders have a big need. Gretzky's uh, required his enforcer to go with him when he left Edmonton for L.A. Again, we should keep Bakhtiari, but Green Bay rolls out Tom, Yash, and maybe 
Skaronski using number 13 for an offensive tackle. Um, is that something you think they would do? And then <laughs> this is my favorite part. He goes, I think you require a food thing. So uh, I don't know. Are smoothies overrated, underrated, or properly rated? So, uh, Dusty, what do you think? I mean, I, we, we talked about Bakhtiari already. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't think moving him would be the worst study in the world in terms of, you know, youth movement and seeing what you have and the window and blah, blah, all the stuff we already talked about. But, I mean, if Rogers is like, listen, if you're moving me, you're moving him to the same thing, absolutely not. Like you don't absolutely because you can't. I mean, the, the just the money. I mean, Steve, we were, I mean, you already mentioned that. Like, there's a handful, maybe two teams. I'm blanking on what the other one would be besides the Bears. I know there's a couple other teams with like a lot of cap money out there. I think the Chargers have a lot of money who are not going to be trading for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I mean, there's the, your options. Your options to trade Rodgers are limited enough. I'd say you've got probably three to four teams um, that you can probably go with just cap stuff and, and their window and kind of what they're looking for all that. And now if he's like, well, now I want one, you know, it's, it's me and him. You can't make that happen. Your, your, your hands are tied in a way that you're not going to get, not only are you sending him to a place you probably don't want to send him or maybe someplace that he doesn't want to go, but you're not getting compens- fair compensation because there's no leverage in there. So he can say that all he wants. If you, he, if he's going to say that, I don't think he would, but if he wants to say that, Man, they'd, they'd have to be like significant magic involved for that to make happen for for any team. So yeah, I don't, I, I can't imagine that happening. I just, I just cap stuff of nothing else. I, I think I don't think that can happen. Um, and then what was the other one? Smoothies. 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 I don't know how smoothies are rated, so I don't know how to answer this question. I think smoothies are mostly fine. I think I have one smoothie a year, and I'm like, that was good. I enjoyed that, and then that's about it for me. So I think they're <laughs> fine, properly rated, maybe overrated. I don't know how they're generally rated, so I have no idea. Yeah, I would say a smoothie is proper. Oh my goodness, a smoothie is properly rated. Wow, that was a mouthful. Um, and I love smoothies, but only because a bad smoothie is terrible. Like I've had some that are just disgusting. It's not blended well. It just is gross. And I think that's where I'm like, no, they're not perfect. So I'd say that they're just fine. But anyway. Um, As far as Bakhtiari and Rodgers, yeah, I think the Packers would be absolutely crazy to if Rodgers demanded that he go with him to grant that wish. Um, And I don't think Rodgers would do that. You know, a lot of people like to paint him as a villain, and yeah, he's not perfect, but I think he understands. Bakhtiari's in a good situation in Green Bay. He's getting paid a lot of money, and if he's, whether he's, you know, if he's retiring, obviously this is off the table. But if he still wants to play, he doesn't want to play for the Packers, I think he's just going to have to deal with that and leave the people behind in Green Bay that are his people, that are, you know, his inner circle, as he would say. Um, and I don't think he would, you know, go down kicking and screaming saying they have to come with me too. Yeah, I think the only way that happens is actually if Bakhtiari tells him he wants to go too. Exactly. Like that's that's the only possible scenario that I could see that that going down – and kind of like Dusty said, even then, are you like, eh, we don't have to do it. What, like, you're already telling us you want to be traded. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Like, you're not in control here. Like, you don't have this leverage. Like, oh, I'm going to retire. Like, okay, then you retire. Then, like, it's not this, like, he's he's holding the team hostage. So, they have options. Um, so, I really doubt that that happens. Again, like I said, the only way that that goes down is if Bakhtiari goes to Aaron and goes, hey, man you got to take me with you. You got to take me with you. So, um, and then as far as smoothies go, 
I would say they're yeah they're they're right about properly rated. I think I enjoy a really good smoothie, but like you said, if if you mess it up, like it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. But I like very simple, just strawberries, bananas, maybe something else, a little bit of seeds in there, but uh, keep it simple. But yeah, I enjoy a good smoothie, so I think they're they're properly properly rated. Next one, we've got Dave Hahn. Do any of the seven void year dead cap hits come back to play for the Packers? And if so, who? And of course, a food question. When you or your significant other don't want to cook, do you just hit a fast food place, sit down um, restaurant, and where? Uh, so, Sarah, let's actually, hold on. Before we do that, let's run through that list of the seven players so we all, everyone who's listening knows who we're talking about. We've got Adrian Amos, Dean Lowry, Jaron Reed, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, Mason Crosby, and Robert Tunyon. So that's a total of 16396543 dollars in dead cap money. But are any of them coming back, Sarah? Yeah, I'm gonna say either two or three on this list. It's kind of tough to say. If um I think that Mercedes Lewis has one more year left in him. Um, And yes, I do think that Aaron Rodgers staying or leaving could also be a factor in that. So that's iffy. But um, And then I see Randall Cobb having maybe one more year as well. But again, that's where the Rodgers thing could factor into that as well. And then I think where they really are going to try to keep the guy is with Adrian Amos that they want to try to keep him. You know, he's, he's a veteran player in that position, which isn't the greatest for the Packers. So they just want to make sure that they have a solid guy there. So really that might only end up being one person, but I could see it be three. And then second part of that question, um, if my significant other and I don't feel like cooking, yeah, we're definitely more than likely to, I wouldn't say go to a fast food place, but a place where you can just like, like a Chipotle, where you can just order at the counter. Like we're not going to go through the drive through somewhere, but we'll go, you know, there's a lot of bowl places or sandwich places, like a Jersey Mike, something like that, where we'll try not to be too unhealthy, but we'll say, hey, we don't feel like cooking. We don't really want to, you know, wait at a restaurant. Let's just go pick something up. And a lot of times we just end up ordering it online and like walking in and grabbing it and going back home. You know, for me, I can see a handful as well. I mean, we talk, uh, Lewis, uh, the, the just just looking at positionally, I, uh, Amos, I'm not sure if Amos is back, but I could see like, uh, yeah, Lewis or Tunyon just because the tight end room is, is so in flux and I don't think there's an easy fix there. So depending on what the market is for Tunyon, I could certainly see Tunyon coming back. Um, Lewis, I do think Lewis probably depends on, on Rodgers. I'm going to think about Randall Cobb because the receiver room is, you know, fairly barren and certainly barren of, of vets. If you think of vets as anyone, that has played more than one year in the league. And I know the whole big thing has been, and it's, I mean, it's been my thing as well has been, you know, it depends on if Rogers is back and maybe that's true. You know, Rogers and Cobb are good friends. We know that, but Cobb also was very excited just to come back to green Bay. He was excited to be back, you know, him and his wife, he talked about like they kind of built their life here. Uh, and he, it's, it's clear. He kind of, he loves the town. He loves the city. He loves the people. He loves playing in green Bay. So even if Rogers is gone, I could see a scenario where, Cobb is back for a year. Uh, you know, maybe not, you know, probably not big money, 
but again, just because looking at the state of the room and what they'd have to do to bring someone else in and, you know, what it means to bring a, a rookie along and all that stuff. If you can bring Randall Cobb back for a, a you know, one year deal, whether or not Rogers is back and, you know, maybe you say Cobb's going to play 10 games a year. It's from last year. We saw Cobb still has something left in the tank. So I could see like Cobb and Cobb and Tunyon. And then I do think Lewis probably depends on, on Rogers. Cause it does seem like there's, it seems like if if Lewis wants to play, or maybe not, you know, he kind of likes his role there. So I, I think probably the tight ends and wide receiver make the most sense there. But that that would be my guess. And then yeah, if we don't feel like cooking, I try to cook most nights, um, just because it's <laughs> cheaper. Uh, but yeah, if we don't, there's a there's a solid Chinese place in town and uh, and a pizza place that just opened that's pretty good. And so we usually do the kind of call in an order, and then I'll run and pick it up and bring it back home. It's typically what we do because you know children. Uh, so that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's our typical move if we really don't feel like cooking. I think it'll be interesting. I, I mean, Adrian Amos is a name that stuck out to me for sure. And also Jaron Reed. Like, I thought he played well enough that the Packers would be interested to bring him back. And I don't know what that number is going to look like and if he's willing to take that number. But I think that was something that they would be interested in for some added depth on the defensive line. Um, maybe they do feel good enough about their rookies and, you know, second year's guys that they, they brought in, uh, you know, Durante White might actually play more than like 12 snaps for the whole year. So fingers crossed, maybe they could plug him in in that spot. So the only, the only other one that stuck out to me is Mason Crosby. And I kind of like go back and forth on that of, he knows Lambeau, he knows how to kick there. Like it's a, it's not the easiest thing in the world to kick there and understands the field and the winds and all that stuff. But then it also, like, my head swings the other way. I'm like, what do you, like, go and do, like, a Vinatieri type of thing of finding uh, an Indianapolis Colts uh, somewhere indoor that he can just kick for, you know, half the year and then somewhere a little bit warmer where he doesn't have to deal with that stuff as much. So, uh, again, I think he's really ingrained into the Green Bay community. So I don't know if that's something that they'll do. But, you know, he for me, he's 50-50. So that'll be, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, we've got one more. Um, Walsbury. Uh, first off, love the podcast with you, Steve and Sarah. I also love this was sent directly to Dusty. I also love when you break down film because I'm an idiot and you make me smarter. Um, question Same. for the show. Yeah, I know for real. It's like this it feels like it's my burner account. Uh, <laughs> question for the show. Why will Jair take the next step as a leader on this team and be named a captain? He has had some interesting on-field displays of emotion last year that some would say fall into the category of quote-unquote antics. I uh, I thought he had a bit of a down year, even though even with the Pro Bowl. Nod, curious how he's viewed in the locker room and if you would consider him as a leader. So, Dusty, let's start with you. What do you think about Jair? I mean, I love Jair. I, th- I think like the antics stuff. Like you can go back to his Louisville stuff and like he's doing. He's doing stuff worse at Louisville than he's doing at Green Bay, we'll say, after pass breakups and stuff. So that's that's part of who he is. And, I mean, for cornerbacks, part of that is kind of the attitude, the belief in yourself. Even if you get burned, you're going to come back and get them. And, you know, you can you you, you, all, you can always make a play on the ball. Like the, the elite guys, all those guys, you 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 want to see the attitude to them. So I don't really have an issue with it. Like it, it is bizarre seeing him, you know celebrate a pass breakup when like you just got burned for for a 50 yard game like that's that's a little weird but that's that's the name of the game with a lot of those guys is again you you kind of forget what happened before you come back and you believe you're the best in the game and i do think jair is good i mean i th- i don't know how he's viewed in the locker room like we, we can't possibly know that uh the captain stuff 
the captain stuff is always a little weird. I don't know, you know, kind of what goes into that, what guys think about that. I know, you know, Z made a big deal of that before he left, and I didn't get the captain's patch. I'm, like, oh, I'm a grown man. Who cares? You're a grown man. I don't care. So I don't know what that means in terms of like how he's viewed in the locker room. I think it certainly seems like guys look to him in that role. And I mean, I think he played well this past year. There's a couple of plays that stand out. You know, he had, you know, listen, if you get burned by Nikhil Harry, that's not great. That's not going to know how that real, but I think he played well overall. I think he started out a little slow. You know, he, he kind of had the, the hangover a bit from last year and coming back from injury and not being able to play too much. I think he, overall, he played very well. I, I, I thought it was a very good year from a Jerry year, if, if maybe slightly down from, from his peak, but yeah, I don't, again, we don't know how he's viewed in the locker room. I have no idea. I personally, I view him as a leader. It certainly seems like he's a guy that, that guys look up to. And uh, I don't know. I have, I have zero issue with – if you're not getting tossed – if you're not – maybe my bar is too low. If you're not pushing a trainer on the field, I don't care what you do. Like if you're not getting flags thrown on you, if you're not going over that line, you're not throwing punches, you're not getting flags thrown on you, you're not like – you did the gritty at Justin Jefferson – who cares if you have a signature dance? Guess what? That's going to happen. Like, I don't particularly care about that. So I, I think his antics or whatever are fine because that's part of who he is. And I just think that that's always going to be who he is. Uh, that probably gets a little weirder down the line as as maybe his, I think I think of like Josh Norman when his skills started degrading a little bit more and he's still out there like talking smack and starting fights. Like, dude, you're not that guy anymore. Uh, but you're it's ingrained in who he is. Yeah, you're not. Come on, man. Uh, it's ingrained who he is. So I, I don't I don't have an issue with him. Um, I like Jair. Big fan. Yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is a very good example that even though people think the person isn't necessarily a good leader or they maybe do some questionable things where you're like, "Eh, I don't know how the locker room feels about that, that at the end of the day, if you have the talent and you're showing up every day and you're committed, that the team will respect you. And I think Jair absolutely has those traits and that although, you know, yeah, he's done a few things where you're like, dude, just – don't do that. Like that. Why? <laughs> um, that they aren't crazy enough or out there enough where you're like, okay, this guy is just bad for the culture, bad for the locker room. Um, so, you know, I think he's one of the best players in the league at his position and everyone recognizes that. And, you know, he probably learned a lot from some of the comments that he made this year and hopefully that allows him to grow. And, you know, I would not be surprised if he was captain for the Packers in the future. I just think there's, there's different types of people. There are different types of leaders. Um, not everybody's going to be that vocal guy that's talking nonstop. Um, some people like to lead by example, and some people don't work that way. So, I mean, he seems to be the type of guy who's like, I'm going to go on the field. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to talk some trash while I do it. Um, he's not all over the defense, like, talking to everybody. He's much more of the trash talker, and that's, that's okay. Uh, like Dusty said, we're not going to know how he's, you know, represented in the locker room what he's thought of in the locker room we just we don't have that type of access I mean I wish I did that'd be awesome I wish I could get into the locker room and have access to those guys like that but it's just um you know that's something more for the like the national guys to to try to pester them to see if we can get that question answered but I it wouldn't shock me if he was um listed as a a, a captain but I mean if he's not I don't think that's gonna make him mad or anything like that I think he's gonna go out and keep doing what he does so um he's a really talented guy and I think he's been rewarded for his good play and for the the player that he is and if he can step up and and be a vocal leader as well and grow in that role I think that'd be amazing but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does this year 
guys, that's going to do it for the questions. Uh, I think we got some good ones. So thank you guys as always for those questions. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher for at Steve Perhatch and at Packet a Podcast. Let's uh, let's wrap things up here with some final thoughts. So uh, Dusty, what do you got for us? Any articles coming out soon? Man, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on. Some podcast appearances stuff this week. I'm working on, I'll have something out hopefully the next day or two. The second part of the series I'm working on called When Open Isn't Open. I'm kind of looking at um, concepts because what I hear a lot of, a lot of complaints, you know, is is like, well, why didn't, why didn't the quarterback throw with that guy? That guy's open. And so I'm kind of trying to take it from that perspective, looking at some different things from a conceptual basis, but not showing video clips looking at a chalkboard and saying like, here's this concept, here are the reads and here's a scenario where maybe he threw to a guy that maybe you think he shouldn't have thrown to, but here's why he didn't. So I've got, it's like a three or four part series. So I've got the first part out on that. The second part's coming out hopefully next day or two. Um, so that, that's been really interesting. It's been kind of a challenging thing to try to write something without film. I'm just so used to living in that world. Um, that should be out next, next couple of days over on my sub stack. I'm looking at doing some stuff at cheesehead, hopefully relatively soon, kind of looking at uh, kind of best concepts by, you know, down distance, um, situation, all that type of stuff. So kind of firing that up, it'll probably be a few weeks before I'm ready to start writing that, but I'm gathering stuff on that now. And then podcast front, I've got, um, I'm recording, uh, tonight as you listen to this recording, watching stuff with, with Aaron Allison, Monty Moore, we're talking guardians of the galaxy two. That'll be out this weekend. And I forgot how much I love that movie. I'm doing outback Packers, uh, with, uh, Nick and Joe, you know, Nick, I know Sarah, you did, I think uh, a week or two ago, you did, did that show. And so I'm excited. I think we're talking, draft stuff, wide receiver draft stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to cram for some of that. So that should be out, I think, later this week. And I'm also recording uh, with Brian Moffey and Ryan, Robin Adams. I think it's Go Dads Go is the name of that podcast over Wisconsin Sports Heroics. And I think that's draft stuff. I don't know what that is. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure what I'll be talking about, but uh, I think that'll be later this week as well. So listen, man, it's the off season, but people still want to talk ball. And I'm, I'm trying to fake my way through draft season as much as I can here. So quite a bit of stuff, uh, kind of an odd week where I'm, I'm very busy with stuff. And then next week will be absolutely nothing. Uh, it should be a good week. Yeah, I was just about to say, do you have enough stuff going on, Dusty? I mean, that... <laughs> <laughs> trying try to pick up some more. Hit me up. Trying to pick up some more. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, good for you. I, I don't have anything this week. Um, you know, as always, thanks everybody for listening. Steve said we don't have a lot, but we'll probably still go 45 minutes. Looks like we're at like 48 minutes right now. So <laughs> there you go. We'll always find something to talk about. And we appreciate that everybody's always there to listen. Um, and I've just got a shout out right at the end here for uh, Noah Seligman. He sent us a question, but uh, last week I did, we got a, Sarah and I got a question about uh, our first ever Packers memory that we could think of. And, you know, I, I couldn't remember the specific play, but I remembered it was a Chris Jackie game winning field goal. And Noah went out of his way to like do some research and figure out all of the Chris Jackie game winning field goals through like Packers.com or something and sent it all to me. So I've got like this list now of like three or four different Chris Jackie game winning kicks that I'm now going to have to YouTube and figure out which one it was because I'm sure it'll like flash back to me as soon as I see it. So just a huge shout out to him. That was really cool. And I really appreciated the help. So um, yeah, hopefully next week I'll have an answer as to what the what the game winning kick for Chris Jackie that I remember as my first Packers memory ever is. So I thought that was pretty cool. But we appreciate the you guys who listen, like like we said, following us on Twitter. Um, but yeah, just really appreciate you guys. We'll have some more content for you next week. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be out of his black uh, his black hole and we'll be talking about him as well. So who knows? Maybe it'll be Tuesday uh, and McAfee and he'll come out and tell us all about it. So we'll have a lot of content uh, to a talk about. So thank you guys for listening. And as always go pack, go. Go pack, go.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.